Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Drew Zimmerman, who's the CEO of Stallion Discovery Corp, who are an exploration company bred to pursue the exploration of large, unexplored land packages located in best jurisdictions next to world-class projects with singular ambition of making significant discoveries. Um, they have some projects in the Athabasca, Athabasca Basin and Idaho. Um, Drew has a commerce and investment background and has been involved in uh, public markets in a brokerage capacity uh, before taking the CEO role at Stalin Discoveries nearly two years ago. Um, and it's going to take us through uh, the, the, the journey the company's been on and what the company are looking to achieve. So that's welcome, Drew, to the podcast. How are you doing, Drew? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Rob. And uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No, appreciate your time as well. So... Wondered if you can give our audience a little bit, uh, a little bit about yourself, so they they know who you are. Obviously, I mentioned that you were involved in the um, sort of finance and brokerage side of uh, of uh, of mining. Just wanted to give our audience just an overview of uh, of your career. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, thank you for the the intro. And uh, I guess it's a little bit dated now, as it's been close to almost two and a half years I've been with Stallion Discoveries at this point, but. Uh, yeah, prior to that, uh, a, a decade on the financial side. So I was a derivatives portfolio manager at a national brokerage firm here uh, in Canada, uh, specialized on the commodity side. Um, and I do have my uh, chartered financial analyst uh, designation um, in that role. Um, and then it was uh, two and a half years ago, the opportunity came to uh, you know jump over to the other side of the street, as they say. Uh, and being able to to build Stallion from the beginning and really be able to focus on some key areas where, uh, you know, I think uh, a company could have a lot of success. And uh, that's sort of been the very start of it. But uh, it's been two and a half years now, and it's been a great run and uh, very happy with uh, what we've done with Stallion so far. And, uh, you know, even more excited about where I think we can can go in the coming couple of years. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you can just tell us a little bit about Stallion, about about the company um, and how it's developed over the, the last few years since you've been there. Yeah, I mean, when, when I get this question, I like to start with where we're going. Um, I think that's always the most exciting thing for for investors and, and potential investors. So, um, you know, our, our big focus now is in the uranium space. Uh, we've got a large footprint in the Athabasca Basin. Uh, it is an area of the world that we think is the best for uranium exploration. It's got the uh, world's largest high-grade uranium mines in it. Cameco has got uh, two large mines up there that are in production, producing about 13% of the world's uranium. Um, so with our, our focus there, you know, we really want to build out what we think can be a, a very high uh, probability chance of, of getting a very big discovery. So we did that by getting a land package that's right next to uh, a recent ultra high grade discovery by F3 uranium um, and a, a border on 
with uh, NextGen Energy as well, uh, which is a company that's going into development with their uh, uranium resource. So the economics for us of finding a discovery in the uranium side is just uh, very, very exciting. I mean, F3 with a discovery hole went from a 25 million market cap to a 150 million market cap. And, uh, you know, companies in our uh, area and especially the Western Athabasca, which we can focus on a little bit uh, as we go forward as well, um, is an area that we think is just, you know, very underdeveloped and underexplored. Uh, and that's obviously changing with NextGen going to be spending a, a few billion dollars to build their mine and mill uh, in Western Athabasca. But again, the potential for our investors to, you know, start from a very large underexplored package all the way up to discovery. And, you know, I think go incredibly well in the next uh, five to 10 years into development of a resource that, that we think we can find. And, uh, that's sort of been the the mantra of of building stallion from the beginning um, was getting good uh, large underexplored packages next to world class resources, um, and we did that with our our two gold assets that we still hold in the company as well. Um, a little less urgency on those as uh, both of those neighbors are are doing incredibly good things uh, next to those projects and creating some value for stallion shareholders without stallion having to actively go out and, and spend a lot of money on those projects. So they're good projects to hang on to. And especially as this gold market continues to, to stay in and around the $2,000 an ounce uh, range, you know, they, they are great projects and, and I believe will create a, a tremendous amount of value for our shareholders, but not something that we really need to, to push on at the moment. Um, we're obviously, we can talk about Athabasca Basin first. Just wanting me to tell us more about uh, obviously the two acquisitions that you made at the start of the of the year, where you obviously acquired a large footprint. Um, just wanting me to tell us a little bit more about about that decision. Yeah, absolutely. So um, for us, I, again, it came back to the fact that uh, we think the Athabasca Basin is the best place in the world to be looking for uranium exploration, uh, for a uranium uh, resource and deposit. So that was the, the key thing there. And, and the land package that we were able to get, the land package that we were able to get right next to uh, F3's uh, PLN project where they've had their recent ultra high grade discovery, <clears throat> as well as being next to uh, and bordering some of next gen's property. Again, they're the sort of bigger uh, company going into development in the, in the West. But again, thinking that the West was the underexplored area that we could create a lot of value for our shareholders by going out there and doing the work um, and putting our exploration efforts uh, into practice. The other key thing that, that made it make a lot of sense was the team behind Stein. So three of my largest shareholders were involved with Hathor Exploration. Um, if you've been in the mining space for a while, you might remember that name. It was a uranium exploration company in the Athabasca Basin that a decade ago was was bought out by Rio Tinto uh, for $650 million uh, Canadian. That was one of the bigger Canadian mining transactions at that time. Um, so the ex-president and CEO uh, is actually on my board of advisors and is a, a great contributor, contributor to our uh, company. And again, it's having guys that have been there, done that, uh, be part of this team that really helped it make uh, make a lot of sense for us. So, uh, not only were we able to get to, you know great locations with our footprint, we have just over seventy eight thousand hectares, so almost eight hundred square kilometers in the basin. 
So a very large footprint, really being able to cover a lot of ground. And, and we think, you know, have the potential for several key target areas um, that we think could all be uh, potential, you know, discovery holes. And again, moving forward, hopefully into a, a resource. And again, when you're finding a discovery hole or a resource in the Athabasca Basin, the economics are are just superb of, of what can be there. Again, these are very high grade deposits uh, in the Athabasca and, and tend to be very large as well. So next gen developing their 250 million pound resource. Um, so the economics to really have a significant amount of upside on these discoveries is, is what excites us and what we think should excite our shareholders as well. I wonder if you can just uh, tell us, have you started uh, obviously exploration on these new projects? Um, and if you haven't, what, what, what is the plan moving forward? Yes, yeah, we've just uh, acquired both uh, land packages uh, in the beginning of January, so it hasn't been that long. But uh, we we did just wrap up uh, the flight portion of a geophysical survey, so we had a helicopter in the air for close to two months, uh, all of um, March and April, or most of March and April, I should say. Um, so that's been the data acquisition phase. That was uh, Geotech uh, is a very well-respected uh, geophysical company that uh, flew that survey for us. Now that we've got the, the acquisition phase done, it'll be uh, you know a matter of processing that data. And we've also engaged with Condor Consulting. Um, they've spent a lot of time in the basin, worked with a lot of companies uh, throughout the Athabasca Basin as well, to really work with that geophysical data to interpret it and find the targets that we're looking for. So. Even though we did just acquire these projects, we are you know well underway as far as going after them and, and really trying to get our exploration efforts uh, kicked off uh, in, a, in a meaningful way right away. And in the Athabasca Basin, with the geology there, you know we, we are following a roadmap of success. You know we're following these same exploration steps that many of the other companies uh, in our area have done. You know this survey that we just did is is proven with. Uh, geotech to be able to locate conductors up to 750 meters uh, depth. Those conductors really are, are the roadmap for the Athabasca Basin um, that allow us to really hopefully get in and, and find target zones, if not even specific drill targets from this one survey. Um, but again, we'll be pragmatic as that data comes in. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, getting out there and, and getting to work right away, not wasting any time. What would you say the the roadmap is within the within the basin uh, moving forward? I suppose looking at a, a an area view over um, the maybe four maybe five ten years in in advance. Yeah, I mean for for us, uh, um, obviously first and foremost is uh, prioritizing uh, target areas and and drill targeting. So being able to take the data that we're just getting from the survey we've done to uh, either have a, a focused area and or if we're able to a specific enough drill target but most likely uh, again we flew our survey at a 200 meter line spacing so most likely <clears throat> needing to go back with an additional uh, geophysical survey that is a little tighter spaced a little bit more uh, intense on a very uh, much smaller area again we, we flew 800 square kilometers so it's a pretty big area to be covering and needing to focus in on a couple areas to then get into our, our drill targeting. Uh, we'll move forward with, with permitting and targeting once we have those locations set. Um, and then the idea is just to have that discovery hole 
once you have a discovery hole, um, again, depending on, on the grades and the widths that you're, you're hitting with that discovery hole, you know, doing the additional uh, step out drilling to try and build out a resource and understand how big that potential resource can be. Um, again, we've seen several companies do that. We've seen Fission, uh, F3 Uranium's doing that as we speak. And NextGen obviously has done that as well. And, and now NextGen and Fission both taking that, that next stage to move into development. Uh, but again, as you can see, I mean, NextGen's a, but a $2.5 billion market cap company as they start to move their their project forward into development. So, you know, it, it does take time uh, in mining. And I mean, we think the uranium market's going to be a great place to be over the, the coming decade uh, as we see just a, a big supply demand mismatch as more and more reactors are getting built. And even with these new discoveries and, and new developments getting built out, you know, they still take a considerable amount of time to, to come to the market. So, you know, that gives us uh, what we think is, is a pretty good runway over the next uh, five to 10 years to, you know, hopefully be able to have a discovery and, and build out a resource of our own. Yeah. What would you say some of the challenges that you, you may be facing as a business, whether that's in the uranium sector or the Athabasca Basin, what, what challenges are you facing as a company? Yeah, I mean, right now, I think the uranium as a sector has been been a great sector to be in. I think everybody in the uranium space right now, uh, I mean, outside of, of Germany, we see most countries around the world really doing an about face or or continuing to build on their uranium build outs. Um, it, it really does seem to be, you know, the clear path forward if we're looking to get to net zero by 2050. Uh, as a stable baseload, no CO2 emitting uh, power source. So the uranium side, I, I think, is, you know, incredibly strong. Um, obviously, some geopolitical events um, have some bottlenecks in the processing and, and upgrading of uranium uh, to getting it to the fuel level stage. Um, but again, I think, you know, we're seeing some nationalization of commodities and critical minerals sort of uh, across the board, not just in the uranium space. And that is all the way through to to processing as well. So I think we see that uh, get alleviated um, in the coming couple of years. And again, I think that'll just be building out that industry uh, in a few different countries where, you know, most of that processing on the uranium side is done in, in Russia right now. Uh, and obviously the, the, the conflict uh, between Russia and, and Ukraine making that uh, more of an issue uh, than it ever has been before. So the uranium specific side, uh, I think, again, a, a lot of tailwinds uh, going with us. If there's any going to be challenges, it's it's always sort of the general market conditions. We are a junior exploration company that you know funds itself in the capital markets, and that means investors have to have the willingness to take risk on exploration companies that are going out there to to do the work that we're doing. Um, it is a risky business. It isn't easy. Um, but the rewards can be well worth it if we find what we think we can find. Uh, and again, that's where having the strategy in place and the steps to follow that we have, we think gives us that, that edge and hopefully gives our uh, investors the, the confidence that, that we think we can do what we uh, say we can do and, and get out there and make that discovery that, again, can have uh, pretty significant ramifications for them, um, given the economics, uh, especially in the Athabasca Basin. So it's, 
you know, a little bit dicey out there, obviously, with, you know, rates being as high as they are and the banking crisis and so on and so forth. But uh, I hope that, uh, you know, investors still see the potential in, in all the work that we're doing. And, you know, given, you know, any economic slowdown, uh, we think the uranium sector is actually going to be one of the few that can continue to do very well and therefore a sector of the market that should hold up uh, relatively well compared to others. And, and again, a little edge of, you know, also having two great gold assets as uh, one of the other, you know, key resource sectors that seems to be doing quite well uh, if things get a little bit dicey on the uh, capital markets front. Yeah, certainly. And one of you just tell us a little bit about those gold assets and um, a little bit more about them and uh, what you're planning to do moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the gold assets are, are what Stallion uh, started with. We started with a a key asset in in central Idaho. We're right next to Perpetual Resources. Um, we share our entire uh, eastern border with them, their western border, and they've got uh, forest and wilderness all around them. So uh, if there was going to be any expansion on the Perpetual side, it would have to kind of come out through where our project is. But again, the Perpetual project itself is, you know, just a tremendous gold asset uh, in North America. It's got over 6 million ounces of gold in the ground. It's got a million ounces of historically mined gold. Uh, they've also been a huge tungsten producer and have the potential to mine about 35% of the U.S. Uh, antimony needs. Uh, right now, the United States has no antimony production of its own. So again, as we just talked about uh, critical minerals and, and certain commodities really needing that uh, national production and, and processing. Um, so that would be a great thing for the United States to be able to move this project forward. Obviously, the economics on, on the gold side are, are pretty tremendous. Uh, they've got a, a good low ASIC cost uh, on the project. So if they continue to move that through permitting like we think they are, and if they get a uh, final record decision, uh, which they're hoping to get by the beginning of next year, we think that does a lot for our project. So uh, our project, we've done some geochemicals, some soil samples, as well as geophysical work to show that we've got a 2.8 kilometer strike length uh, with anomalous gold. We've got historical drilling there from the late 80s that you know had over a gram and a half ton gold over over 35 meters. So we're pretty high confidence that you know there's a, a great shallow oxide uh, gold target there. Um, but as we've sort of been moving forward, we've, we've been doing so trying to gauge the the prospects of and, and timing of perpetual moving forward. So we are working towards a, a drill permit for a 12 month uh, drill plan with 19 drill pads. Uh, we're still in that permitting phase with the uh, U.S. Forest Service, but moving that forward, but really waiting till we get some some confidence and, and again, some further value. Uh, with Perpetua getting a go-ahead, we think our drill results will be worth that much more. Um, if the mine and mill next door are, are approved to get built, uh, we can do a lot more with our our money uh, drilling at that time. So um, it's, it's, again, a, a great project in the central of Idaho, right next to an absolute world-class uh, resource. Um, but again, allowing our neighbor to do the work that they're doing to create some value for us on that project. Can you tell us the company's financial and cash uh, position? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I guess before we get there, I'll, I'll touch on our, our Nevada gold asset as well. It's been uh, a tremendous story 
um, over the last year or so. We we optioned that out of EMX Royalty uh, about a year ago now, um, right next to I-80 Gold. So it's right at the south end of the Eureka Battle Mountain trend in Nevada. Um, and and since we got that option, I-80 has done a lot of drilling, and it seems like almost every drill hole they, they put in the ground has just great results. So not only are they going to be expanding their underground gold resource, uh, they already have seven and a half million ounces in the ground uh, there, and, and they will be updating that resource this year. They've also found new uh, CRD polymetallic uh, targets just south and, and to the east of where they're um, old pit was it was an old barrack pit that produced a million and a half ounces of gold they just acquired a paycor it was the company just to the south of them for roughly 105 million canadian dollars in in shares in i80 shares and and our project is just to the east so uh there's a big intrusion right between our two projects and and that's sort of the big thesis behind uh us picking up that project was we think that big intrusion is a key mineralizing event in the area They've got one side, you know, we've got the other side of it. It sort of splits uh, our two projects. So if we if we can mirror any of the uh, mineralization that they have on their side, on our side, you know, we think the potential for IE to make this an, an even bigger district play uh, is definitely there, obviously, with their recent expansion to the south. Uh, you know, they do have some intent to, to build out the project uh, already. Um, so really excited about that. Uh, and we are going to be doing some geophysics uh, down there later this year uh, to really work on our, our targeting and hopefully be able to prove up uh, some of that thesis about having the same style of mineralization on our property that they have right next door. Uh, but again, with the amount of drilling, they've got five active drill rigs right now. We continue to, to learn more about the area, more about the geology without spending that money ourselves. So uh, continuing to allow our, our neighbor uh, that has gone from, you know, a 300 million market cap to almost a 900 million market cap uh, over the last year, do that work for us and, and continue to educate us. It goes a long way and creates a lot of value for that project without us having to spend a lot of dollars on it. And, and so, yeah, going back to the financial and cash position of, of the company. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, We've, we've just released our uh, audited financial statements for the year end of, of 2022. Uh, we came into the year with 1.6 million Canadian. Uh, 700 was spent on the acquisition of the uranium assets that we own outright. Um, and then we did a 4 million non-brokered uh, private placement in February of this year. So um, that uh, added added to our cash position. So uh we're in we're in pretty good shape now uh, with the work that we've already kicked off in the Athabasca. Uh, we've still got about two and a half, two point seven five uh, million in the bank right now. Um, continuing to be able to do the exploration work that we want to do near term, um, both um, in the U.S. and in the Athabasca, but definitely the heavier focus um, in the Athabasca and and a cash position that still uh, does allow us to, to look around. I mean, this is, again, a, a tougher capital market environment. Uh, we raised the capital when we did at a very, very good time when, when the markets were um, a little more optimistic to start this year. And uh, now that things have gotten to be a little less optimistic in the last couple of months, you know, the potential on, on some corporate development uh, could be there in the Athabasca as well. And, and we've got the capital to be able to, to take advantage of that. And lastly, just wanted to give, uh, give us uh, the outlook the next sort of six 
six to 12 months um, outlook, outlook for the company. Yeah, absolutely. So across our projects, uh, as we touched on in the Athabasca, obviously hard at work there. Uh, we'll be doing the processing and the inter interpretation of our geophysical data uh, to be able to get uh, target zones uh, at the very least, if not uh, drill targets, be able to do some some follow up work on those key target zones um, and be able to then get into drill uh, permitting and, and get ourselves set up. And, and if all goes well, you know, being able to use the, the winter when things freeze over to be able to mobilize some some drill crews to get out there and get some exploration uh, drilling done uh, to test a few of those target areas. That would be ideal. Again, as mentioned, also looking at uh, potential corporate development of, of doing more work in the Athabasca Basin. We think we're in a good position to be able to do that, uh, even though we're, we're newer in the area, uh, being able to have the the capital behind us to be able to step out there and, and, and do some more would be would be exciting uh, for us in the coming several months. And then in the gold side of things, you know, continuing to advance uh, both of those projects uh, down in Nevada, we are looking to do some geophysical for some targeting there. And in Idaho, we'll be continuing to, you know, advance our, our drill permit there to be able to get that completed and have that in hand uh, while at the same time looking to do some uh, secondary targeting work uh, other target areas of the property. And and again, we had some historical antimony production on our property as well. So targeting that uh, area as a, as a key secondary area that uh, had good gold grades, but also antimony as well, is a good way to uh, continue to progress those projects without spending a lot of money and allow those neighbors to really create a lot of value for us is, is the key focus on the gold assets. Um, and again, uh, a lot of our, our time, effort, energy, and, and capital being directed to the uranium assets in uh, Saskatchewan. Drew, really appreciate your time in, in giving us an update uh, on Stalin discoveries. Um, wish you obviously well for the, for the remainder of this year. If our audience wants to reach out to you, if they've got any questions that they want to ask you, how can they go about doing that? How can they follow the story as well? Uh, maybe across social media. What what platforms are you on? Yeah, exactly. We've we've got uh, our our social media platforms out there. If you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, uh, we try and and keep uh, investors and potential investors updated there. If you sign up to our uh, on our website, uh, you'll get our our news uh, emailed directly to you, so you don't have to try and find it as it goes out. And uh, when you sign up there, we'll also follow up. Uh, with the potential to set up a call with myself if you'd like to do that and again uh, on our website we've got our, our main email address there is info at stalliondiscoveries.com uh, if you reach out there one of our team members uh, will get back to you and and or be able to connect you to myself uh, if you've got any follow-up questions so always happy to engage but uh, yeah the socials are the easiest way to follow the story and getting some some photos and videos that uh, you're not going to get anywhere else yeah, certainly. Well, I appreciate your time and obviously good luck for the remainder of the year. Um, we include the show notes, uh, sorry, the, the socials in the so show notes accompany this podcast for easy access for our audience to reach out to you. Um, obviously, you've got an exciting project there in the Athabasca Basin, um, and especially obviously in uranium, which I know uranium is very strong up, up there in uh, uh, the Athabasca Basin. So, um, yeah, good luck. Good luck with the project. Um, for those that are listening, 
Hope you enjoyed that episode. Please keep sharing uh, the podcast uh, to people within the mining industry and obviously people outside of the mining industry. Um, I think uranium is going to, it is an asset or should I say a, a commodity to watch. Um, and obviously as Drew explained, they've got a good project there that they're, they're starting off. Um, so please appreciate you uh, con uh, continuing to share these episodes within the mining community, but also outside. So until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.